Hello, everyone. I hope that you are having yourselves a little bit of adventure this month. I think that adventure is the word that really sums up my November this year. It's been all about travel, learning, connecting, and sharing knowledge. It's been about getting out of the comfort zone and taking some risks. It hasn't been about the ordinary routine, but it has also been about family and getting together with people that I love. I hope that you all have a little bit of that this month with people that you love as well. I want to talk with you about the connecting part of this month. Now, there are a lot of reasons for people to connect. And you can find all of those reasons out there. There's certainly all of the research out there. You can look at studies about how babies develop or don't develop when they are missing those strong bonds with loving and caring adults. Those of you that are parents or teachers might see evidence of this in your everyday life. You might notice that when children feel love and acceptance, they want to be more of their best self than they want to be their challenging, defiant self. That connection piece is a huge key in the classroom for behavior management. In Conscious Discipline, we talk so much about creating a strong school family where everyone feels not only accepted, but like they are missed when they are not there. At the Life Coach School, we talk about not only embracing diversity, but taking that further step of inclusion, making sure that every human feels welcomed and like they belong. But besides all of the reasons to connect, I want to pick out one weird one that my brain is focusing on this week. It's something that I have noticed after coming back from Conscious Discipline to the Institute, the Advanced Institute camp that I attended last week. It's something that I am going to put into practice This week, as I head towards Washington, D.C. right now to present at NACI, which is the National Conference for Early Childhood Education. And this is it, my weird reason to connect. The more that I learn about how to work with others, how to listen to others, and how to be non-judgmental with others, the more that I find the examples that the examples that I come up with have to do with myself. When I'm in a workshop learning and the presenter says to write down an example of how to use, say, reflective supervision and practice acceptance and empathy and acknowledgement with someone else, I always tend to come back to some recent example of when I did not have acceptance or empathy or acknowledgement for myself. So yes, it is certainly important to listen to others and to be with them when they are upset, to help them process their feelings, to let them know that their feelings are okay and that they are safe. I'm a coach and it is certainly important for me to work with others about their feelings and how their feelings are affecting, say, their actions, which in turn affect their results. So it isn't that I don't care about other people's feelings at all. 
It's just that I find for me, it tends to feel easier to accept other people's emotions and to offer them empathy and non-judgment sometimes than it is to offer that same thing to myself. Can you relate to this at all? Can you think of an example of a time when you were just really hard on yourself? I'll give you an example from my life and you can see if you can relate to this. I can think of a recent conversation that I had with some teachers about the children in their room and challenging behaviors this year. I have heard a lot in my job from other teachers, on meetings, other schools, other childcare centers everywhere right now about the difference in children now in the last couple of years since the pandemic. Teachers are feeling like there are developmental delays, speech delays, some challenges with children not having the self-control skills that they have typically had in the past. Now, there are a lot of possible reasons for this. So you can just take your pick at which one you might feel is the primary reason. Adults had been wearing masks, so babies could not see adults as they talk, as the babies themselves are learning how to talk. Children staying home with parents instead of being in a more social setting with other children, parents simultaneously trying to work at their jobs online with children home and sometimes children at home online at school, everything happening at the same time. Some children just not having access to a regular consistent routine of school or some children even a consistent schedule of meals. Children not getting certain skills taught to them because they were just in a different routine at home. And it might be different when you're with your parents than when you are with teachers in that kind of a classroom structure. Very often, parents want to see their children happy and avoid some of the adversity and challenging situations the children might be faced with at school and might need to be faced with in order to build those skills of how to deal with those situations. When you don't have another child, say, taking away your wooden blocks, you don't learn how to use your big voice and speak up for yourself and ask for your blocks back. When you're with a parent, it's easy to have all of your problems maybe sometimes fixed for you by very well-meaning parents who just want to make it better for you. And then, of course, there's the higher use of tech everywhere. That can also have adults, teenagers, and children looking at screens instead of connecting with each other. So take your pick on whatever the reason that you're looking at as to the root of some of these things that are happening right now with our children. But the result is children who are missing social and self-control skills and teachers who are feeling really burnt out and parents as well. So back to this conversation that I was having with the teachers, I found it to be easy 
to help these teachers to talk and to expand their story and to tell me all about it and to empathize with them in this instance. Is it always easy for me to listen and empathize with someone else? Of course not. We all have those moments where it can feel a lot trickier when someone is upset about something that maybe we disagree with. Or maybe the other person is even upset about something that we have done or said. And then it can feel a lot trickier and we can feel defensive in those situations. But I am going to maintain that the times that feel the hardest for me are the times when I try to give myself grace. If I have had a conversation with someone else and there was anything that I said or I suspect might have landed the wrong way for them, that might have sounded mean or cold or unfeeling, it's much harder for me to just quickly be understanding with myself or to empathize with myself or not judge myself. Sometimes shame is such a quick response when we think that we might have hurt someone else's feelings, which really just means that We said some words and they heard it in a way that they then interpreted as hurtful. There are four parts to any communication. First, there is what we mean to communicate, what we want to express. Then there is the way that we say it. That's the second part. The third part is the way that it was heard by the listener. And then finally, the fourth part is what they thought that those words meant, the meaning that they put on those words. Those are four very fast steps. They can all happen within a matter of seconds, but very often the difference between what we meant in the beginning and the meaning that they take away with them in the end can be vastly different. Did you ever have a situation where even the exact words that were said and the exact words that were heard were different? (laughs) I can tell you that my wife and I definitely have had many times when we would each swear on our life that the words that were said were this. And the listener would swear that the words that were said were this. One of those, I wish I had a tape recorded version moments of life that I could just rewind so we could prove the point of actually what was really said. But what really matters even more than the exact words that are actually said is that an original intention of words. Now, don't tell Dina that I said that. She will certainly feel like that just won her some arguments because I'm always telling her that the words that you choose do matter. But those moments of shame for ourselves when we second guess what we said or what we did, that can all happen very quickly. And maybe those moments don't even involve anyone else. Maybe it comes after some of our actions Maybe we plan a diet and then we eat. We want to work on something and then we watch TV. We wish that we would exercise and then we pour a glass of wine. We want to spend more time with our spouse or our children and then we play another game on our phone. But what feels worse than the action is that judgment that comes afterwards. That sentence that we have in our brain 
that is some kind of version of, of course you ate that cookie, idiot. Now, can you see why we are harder on ourselves than on others? How many people do you have in your life that you would talk to that way? I'm guessing probably not a lot, at least not without humor or sarcasm to show that you really don't mean it seriously. But we can be downright mean to ourselves. So my weird reason for connecting with others is that it can be practice, practice for our brains. When I spent a week at Conscious Discipline Camp, there were a lot of intentional connecting activities. Besides the training and the circle up times, the activities, there were also three shared meals a day. There were some night activities and times when we specifically shared some of ourselves with others in groups. I can promise you that not once during the whole week did I even think about calling someone else an idiot. When it comes to working with others, even in an activity to build something taller than the other group with our materials, we are always all accepting and open to each other's ideas. We're encouraging and we're cheering each other on. We handle other people's mistakes with a lot of acceptance and humor and we offer them some grace. The lesson that I want to take away from that week and I want to share with you is to use those connections with other people to build up your own confidence and your own skill of offering grace to others so that you can more easily turn around and offer it to yourself. Practice approaching other people. Talk to them first. Ask if they want to be friends. Offer to help. Ask questions and offer understanding and empathy. Build those specific muscles. Get really good at it with other people. And then after all of that practice, take the test. Turn around and use those skills on yourself. Give yourself grace when you make mistakes. Laugh when you mess up. See yourself as just a human who is learning instead of someone who should know better and who should always do it right. Perfect is not the goal. It's boring. No one finds perfect as interesting. We need to stop making that this ridiculous goal that we strive for. Let's just be a fun human with lots of great stories to share, with lots of empathy and love to give to others. I could actually feel the confidence and grace that I had for myself in a bigger supply when I came back from my week than the amount that I had before I went to camp. I am going to hope that in some small way that I can send a little bit of that to you through this podcast. I want to share it and I want you to feel the benefit of it too. Please spend some time this week practicing. Connect with others. Give to them all of the love and empathy that you hope might come back to you. Make someone else feel really listened to and understood and acknowledged. And then take that test. Give it to yourself in those moments where you mess it up good. Wishing you all well and sending you my love. Have a great week. 